Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit simplecast.com. Dirk a Dirk. Full Service Radio. Welcome to BYT Radio. My name is Brandon Weatherby. Recording from the Line Hotel in beautiful Adams, Oregon, we are part of Full Service Radio, a very wonderful radio station run by the very wonderful Jack. Now, if you're listening to the stream, you might have heard the start of Durka Durka, which is a different show <laughs> on this network. And I've listened to all the shows on this network, so I know the intros. Yeah, whoops. I want to make it clear that this is not Durka Durka. You are listening to BYT Radio. I don't think we'll be talking about anything socioeconomical about the Middle East, but we might, because we are going to get to dur- to Burning Man, Jesus, that's not a thing. Nice. To Burning Man uh, later on, and that could maybe, that's a lot, every single culture to my knowledge, sitting with me today is one of the nicest people I've met in the city of Washington, D.C., if not the world, she's my friend and most likely yours if you've ever met her. Amy Morse is here. Amy, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm fine. Why did you laugh when I said those nice words about you? I think they're nice <laughs> words. No, that's, that's very kind. Thank Do you. Do you think you're a friendly person? Yeah, I, I think I'm a friendly person. Do you try to make that part of your day-to-day? Like, today I'm going to make a new friend. Do you, do you ever think that? <laughs> um, I, I don't think so. How, uh, in terms of brain space, how many of your thoughts are negative? Give me a percentage here. Um, I guess it's just when I read the political news. So just the political news. So you could just say the news in general. So if you're not reading the news, you're pretty happy. Yeah, generally. When is the last time you raised your voice out of anger? <laughs> Complete sincerity. Um, I can't remember when. That is wonderful. See, I think you're the kind of person I strive to be, and I know I will never get there. But that's okay. You're the, you're the example, and you're the kind of person I need in my life because I'm not like you in any way. <laughs> so when's the last time you raised your voice? Probably this morning at myself. <laughs> And it's not like a Mark Maron, like, oh, no, it's just, it's just like, I'm, I am who I am. I'm talking in Popeye catchphrases right now. Now, I'm, I think I'm a more passionate person, but I try to not be passive aggressive. So I'm either just passive and or aggressive. And it's not really, it's not not working out. It's just like, I know better. I know I need to calm down. I've tried yoga. I don't like it that much. It's just glorified stretching, but I get it. You like yoga. I know you like yoga because I follow you on Instagram. You're doing all the poses and stuff. Now I'm talking more than you. Before the show started, Amy's such a kind person. She said, am I going to be the only guest? On, and how are you going to fill this time? I could easily fill all this time and you just sit there and you do your thing. So here's the thing. Jack, person in the booth, I'm just yeah. trying to catch his attention when he's hey. not paying attention. Do you do yoga? No. You know who does do yoga? The kind people in Adams Morgan. And they can do some yoga here outside of the Line Hotel on Saturday morning. That's programmed by Farah, who works for the Line Hotel. Oh, yeah, that's right. Cool. Some synergy right now on the radio station. Anyways, um, the reason why Amy's on this week and not another week, or not another month. By the way, Women's History Month just passed. Is that correct, Amy? That's right. I would like to point out BYT Radio had zero women guests that month. (laughs) (laughs) You're the one. I'd also like to point out that our organization is run by a woman, is founded by a woman, and six of the eight employees are women, so... Let's make it clear that I'm the front and center one right here. It's about me. It's mm. male time. It's men time. I feel, ugh, it's disgusting. Yikes. I apologize, but not really. If you don't understand the jest in that, 
well, maybe you're a more positive person. How many words do you think you've said at this point compared to me? <laughs> Very few. That is correct. Amy, you're a nice person, and nice people do nice things for the community. You sent me an email, I think last week, and it was about this brand new thing that you're doing, and uh, sort of under wraps, and last night was its launch. Is that correct? Yeah, we had a little soft launch party. And what, is the so- what was the soft launch party for? So um, I'm helping to start this new organization called PAC, and it's about um, gathering more creatively. Okay. So, so you used a lot of uh, things that could be interpreted a lot of different ways. When you say gathering, do you mean over the internet? Is this like a LinkedIn, or do you mean like in the same room, you know, how you and I are right now face-to-face? <laughs> when you say gathering, what does that mean? Yeah, so it's an online platform where people can host events, connect with talent, or attend an event. Okay, now you say creatives. Does that mean I work at WeWork and I call myself a creative, but I'm just a glorified HR manager? Or does that mean I'm very poor and I'm making this art and I can't afford rent? Or is it somewhere in the middle? What does creative mean to you? You know, I'm glad you asked that because I think there are a lot of people who lead double lives in this city. Sure. So that HR person who has a somewhat soulless job, or maybe they love it, also plays the guitar or mm-hmm. is also obsessed with Japanese tea ceremonies. So we want to tease out these double lives and bring and enhance these environments in which people can celebrate those talents and curiosities. That seems like another positive thing that you're doing <laughs> in the city of Washington, D.C., or the District of Columbia. Why are you laughing? That's true. That's a, You're trying to bring together positive people to uh, make the world a smaller and better place. Is that correct? I guess so, yeah. Does this sound like you're on trial right now? <laughs> Um, Do you feel like you're on trial right now? No. Okay, good. Why, why be a part of this thing? So I just think it's a, it's a new experience. And when you look at the demographics of the city, you know, people are staying single for, for longer. They are, you know, living in the city for longer than they used to. The city skews very young, very female. We're looking for spaces outside of bars and restaurants, um, spaces that are safe for creative expression. And um, I think traditionally women haven't really been really involved in the design of these spaces. So I think we're looking at like, you know, reinventing what the future could look like. That's a wonderful thing. I was just thinking this morning, I'm wearing a metal t-shirt under my very mainstream hoodie. And it's, it's, a, it's a metal band. I was like, oh, I love metal and I love Satan. But the problem with uh, metal and Satan isn't metal and or Satan. It's that there's too many dudes. It's just mostly dudes. Why can't it be 50-50? Come on, number one. And number two, uh, why you got to skew to white supremacy, metalheads? Come on, can't you just be cool with Satan and not race? Can't we make this a racist, pure pro-Satan platform? Anyways, now, that doesn't see... And, and also, all those shows are in bars. And those aren't the most inviting places for women. And or men that aren't white supremacists. I want to make that clear. <laughs> Now, there are, there are obviously the exceptions, but th- there's a reason why certain stereotypes exist. There's a reason why uh, PAC probably won't be associated with the final Slayer tour. Are you associated with the final Slayer tour? Slayer's touring for the final time in 2018. Oh, man, not at this point. Do you like Slayer? That's I, a cons- completely sincere question. No, I'm, I haven't listened to this band. Okay, so the, the fact that you didn't just laugh and the fact that you're like, I will consider listening to the band named Slayer, <laughs> that's a good sign. Now, do you think that metal fonts are scary to some people? And it makes them so, uh, the fonts are so off-putting they don't listen to the music? 
I think it's cool because it's very DIY. I like the uh, the zine design theme. Um, that whole movement is similarly about reinventing culture, about like connecting with the counterculture. It's a way of saying like fuck this shit. Look at you. You turned an inherently negative question into an inherently positive response. <laughs> this is this is indicative of who you are as a person. I'm just digging holes everywhere, and you're like no. Let's talk about these different communities and bring them together. So, PAC, uh, it's spelled like a startup, which means it's uh, difficult to Google. Could you please spell it for the <laughs> listener at home? P-A-K-K-E. Okay, and is there an online presence for P-A-K-K-E? Yeah, so we've got a website. Um, you know, we're a startup, so it's brand new, and we're looking for feedback. But if people want to check it out, um, you can sign up to host an event. Um, you can tell us if you're interested in expressing your talent at a gathering, or if you want to be on our mailing list to attend events. And what is the website? Uh, P-A-K-K-E dot U-S. Because PAC whatever was taken. Because <laughs> it was. It was t- P-A-K-K-E dot com was taken. I think so, yeah. So you know how you said the only time you ever really get angry is when you're following politics? Yeah. Uh, I was watching the inauguration and I had in my cart AmericanCarnage.com. But by the time I was checking <laughs> out, it was taken. So that's but I And then I was like, should I get AmericanCarnage.us? But it was too late as well. So that was my little anecdote about politics on this 419 edition of BYT Radio. Um, in no way is this new project of yours... How many people are involved in PAC? Uh, we've really got quick? four right Okay. Now. And anyone you want to mention or no? Yeah. Um, Emmett Farah is just um, you know now a good friend, but somebody who's been thinking about this for years and uh, loves bringing together diverse communities. Okay. And so, um, yeah, we're all just starting it together. Um, but he's had this idea for years. And um, Kyle and Zach are on our engineering team, just wonderful guys and brand new dads. And, you know, they spend their, you know, wee hours that they have, you know, dedicated to building this website. So it's a platform for dads by dads. <laughs> um, it's not a dad yet. Okay, well, let's change that. Do you want to be a dad one day? <laughs> I don't think so. All right, fair enough. That's a fair question. I think you answered it fairly. So um, the reason why I'm in no way surprised at what you're doing with this is because uh, you're a champion I don't want to say of people, but it's true. You're a champion of people. Uh, for a very long time, you uh, wrote for British Young Things. You wrote uh, a lot about... You get, you've written a lot of profiles, specifically on women, specifically during Women's History Month. Is that is that true? Yeah, that, that was really cool. Thanks for yes. publishing those. Thank you for thanking me for and you doing all of the work. <laughs> That's exactly how it's supposed to be. I am the white man in the room. You thank me for doing your work. And I appreciate that. And it, it, it definitely uh, shone a light. Shone a light? Is that, is that the right phrase? Shone a light? Shine is the present tense to shine a light. Is shone a, I sh- you shone a light. <laughs> Feel free to chime in here when I'm just struggling. I don't know. Shined. Shined if, if a light. Referring you to an object it. and shone without an object. So shone because it's a person. Mm-hmm. So you shone a light. And because women are objects and not people, you shined a light on them. Get it? Because right. I'm sexist? We've established that? Okay. Uh, you, sh- you shone a light on these wonderful women in the area and uh, consistently trying to make the world a smaller and better place. Is that fair? Yeah. You know, um, there's this, uh, I think it was Rebecca Traster who came up with this, um, but uh, shine theory. And the idea is that, you know, we can help celebrate and elevate one another. And the act of connecting has always been kind of a political action because, you know, there are a lot of design elements in our society that want to keep people separated, you know, that continuously divide us. And so I think coming together is inherently a political thing. And so for women, it's, um, you know, something building community can be difficult because, like I said, bars and restaurants and traditional things, if you didn't go to college together, Mm -hmm. it's hard to chat someone up and say, hey, I'd really 
want to know more about you. That's another thing about you. You're not afraid to talk to people and like meet new people and make eye contact. <laughs> and to a lot of people, that's very scary. That's one of the scariest things you could do. <laughs> I'm not joking. Yeah, that might be a Burning Man thing because like Perfect. that's that's something that um, you know when you're in a space that people feel really safe and there's um, radical self-expression is something that's um, you know one of the main principles and and the culture there and getting to see everyone be expressive makes you feel happier, more relaxed, and more curious about other people. You're not trying to like hide into an identity that is not you. Uh, I think the the phrase that I pulled from that sentence is radical self-expression. Mm-hmm. Now, what does that mean to you? Because when you said radical self-expression in the same thought, you said that makes you feel good and want to express yourself, right? Yeah. To me, that makes me feel uncomfortable <laughs> and want to go home. <laughs> so what does radical self-expression mean to Amy? Yeah. Um, you know, I, it's a hard question to answer, honestly. I mean, I'm not somebody who goes around with big costumes at Burning Man. But I definitely, like, I just like experiencing it. I like being with the people in that space and just seeing them. So do you view yourself more like a curator, facilitator, appreciator of art versus an artist? Yeah, I guess okay. I guess so. And the idea with PAC is it's experience curating. So, you know, a lot of this is like, you know, you can have art that you put on your wall or you're listening to music. But when you add these different elements of it and you create an experience that's memorable and surprising, um, you know, uh, there's a, a great new book on the topic, The Power of Moments. Mm-hmm. And um, because memory is such a strange thing of like what made a day particularly memorable, you know? Uh, what's the scariest disease to you? Uh... <laughs> Terminal or not, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Maybe um, diabetes. Is it? Is it really diabetes? I. I mean. Do you have a sugar habit? Um, Why did my voice go up? Do you have a sugar habit? I don't know. When I'm in Germany, I eat tons of gummy bears. They've got them everywhere. Okay. Like so how often are you in Germany? <laughs> I'm not often enough. I okay. love Berlin. I would like to point out that you are a blonde-haired, blue-eyed woman. <laughs> is that is that true? It's true. Okay, fantastic. Uh, we've established on uh, my other talk show, You Me Them Everybody, that Allison Lane is a blonde-haired, blue-eyed boy. That's the difference between you. Uh, that Those are fibs, everybody, fibs. But you actually are blonde-haired, blue-eyed. See, I thought it'd be Alzheimer's. Because Alzheimer's is the exact opposite of uh, memories. It's uh, mm. the, the cruel reality of uh, time stripping them away. Mm. Uh, so that's why I thought that would be your biggest fear. Just just think about that for a minute and only have negative thoughts. No, I apologize. That's a mean <laughs> thing to do as a host of a radio show. So um, what's something then in the past year that you've uh, participated in that made you want to do something at PAC, something that you've experienced not at one of these events? Yeah. Um, you know, Danny Harris started a thing called Feastly a couple years ago with Noah and um this was just an incredible thing where, you know, people, strangers got together for dinners mm-hmm. and someone who loves cooking or someone who had a story to share made food and we all sat together and exchanged ideas, exchanged experiences and had a conversation. And I loved, again, to the point of it being slightly political to meet new people or to, to be in a space and discover something new. I love to be in that space. I don't want my own opinions and expressions just handed back to me by people I already agree with. Yeah. I want to discover new things. And Danny brought together something that was about, you know, real community. And it felt, you know, again, safe space to communicate and share. And I love that environment. I thought it was really cool. That's and beautiful. I want to recreate more of that. That's beautiful. 
How do you pay your bills? Because all this sounds real hippy dippy free shit. <laughs> so I work at an environmental NGO. Of and course I you do. Communications. Of course you do. <laughs> so you have to be in a weird way. I think we've actually talked about this um, since the election. You must feel like every day at work is so more, much more important than it used to be. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Um, it's really important. Um, and it's really inspiring to work with people who are, you know, trying to push the forefront to make a difference on climate change during our lifetimes. Do you feel like your job is, I know this sounds weird, but it's gotten easier in the last 18 months? Because now when people hear what you do, they're like, we're on your side. Or they're like, you're made up, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I think there's more of a feeling of urgency. Okay. You know, and the people are coming together together in a new way that, you know, feeling a common enemy or something like that. Yeah. You know, a threat. Yeah. So um, really trying to think creatively about how to solve problems. And a lot of the work that we do is about, like, pushing um, innovation to solve environmental challenges. All of all the things you do seem to flow into one thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're trying to make the world exist, number one, to keep existing and so and make it smaller. Yeah. I'm not trying to dumb what you do down. I'm trying to say, like, it's a beautiful thing. You're not going to a day job where you're just like, whatever. You're going to a job where you're like, at the end of the day, it might not have worked or it did work, and I'm trying hard to make the world better. And then at night, you're trying to make your your little world uh, smaller and smaller and smaller with more and more people. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. You're like, a, you're, that's like the ideal way to live. And I guess I'd, I'd say, like, not smaller, but more vibrant. Sure. And, like, um, yeah, I just, I love people, um, you know, and um, it really brings me a lot of joy to, to make new friends or to see people's talents and, and be able to provide opportunities for them to show those talents. May I ask your, you don't have to give it if you're uncomfortable, but may I ask the rough, like, roughly, where are you in terms of age? And I realize <laughs> it's just a construct and time is a flat circle, et cetera, HBO reference. What is your age-ish? Yeah, I'm in my 30s. You're in your 30s. Do you find it easier or more difficult to make friends once you're in your 30s? Um, I, I think I'm more extroverted now, so I guess it's easier. Really? Yeah. You're more extroverted in your 30s than you are in your 20s. In yeah. your teens. I mean, I think it was an after Burning Man thing. Okay, so yeah. let's get to Burning Man. Um, here's, I want to make a lot of qualifiers before we start talking about this. I clearly don't like the idea of Burning Man. <laughs> clearly. Look at me. <laughs> Nothing about me says Burning Man. Caveat. Every single person that I know that has attended Burning Man, I like as a human being. And they seem to be in a happier mind space than me. Now, I'm not a miserable man. I'm not going to go home and listen to Morrissey and change my political beliefs. But <laughs> I think I'm pretty consistent in who and where I am. Uh, I don't think Burning Man is for me, but I know it should exist. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Now, why did you initially go to Burning Man? When did you first go to Burning Man? Yeah. Um, well, I finished grad school and had a breakup and was just kind of looking for something different. And um, yeah, I saw images of art from Burning Man. Okay. This, um, women who were flying their burkas like kites in the sky. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of like leaping in this jubilant way and like wearing these sheer silk, you know, coverings. And it, they just looked kind of transcendent. It looked okay. like it was kind of in a different planet. It was like really energetic and otherworldly. So that made you want, because you have to apply to get, because going to Burning Man is not as easy as just like buying a ticket to a music festival. There's like a wait. There's not a wait list, but like when it goes on sale, you need to get them right away. Is that correct? Yeah, but they do ticket waves, and so they really encourage new people to go. Okay. These virgin burners. So they provide these um, outlets for tickets, and I got a last-minute ticket. I pretty much went there with like maybe three weeks' notice, which okay. is very rare. Okay. And this is in the desert. Yep. In what state? Arizona? 
Nevada. Nevada. Okay, it's in Nevada, and it's in Wooden Month. Uh, Black Rock City in August. In August. Okay. So, uh, what year did you first attend Burning Man? Your your twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay. Twenty twelve. Uh, we're ramping up to the uh, Romney Obama election. You're a big Romney guy. You're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a good November. But before that, I need to let some steam loose. At Burning Man in August of 2012, you go. You have a transcendent experience. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, what happened at the first Burning Man that made you? Did you did you fall in love with Burning Man? Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So what happened at the first one that really did it for you? Well, um, there was a, a moment, and I wrote about this in the article. Um, and uh, one of the things about the Renwick exhibit that's on right now is the incredible temple. Um, David Best has been building temples at Burning Man for 20 years. You said it's like a spiritual experience, right? Yeah. So it is this very unique, weird place in the world that only exists in Burning Man. And so it's a place for non-denominational spiritual um, mourning and recognition, a place for sadness and empathy. And um, yeah, it was just... I'd never seen anything like it. And over the course of the week, um, people from all over Burning Man go. And at, during that year, I think there were only 60,000 people. Um, but really quick, I like that you're like, there's only 60,000 people. There's only 10% of the population of Washington, D.C. in a very small space in Nevada. Right? It's the largest pop-up city in the world. It's incredible, the, the oh orchestration God. that goes into this. It's like, it's really wild. Um, but over the course of the week, people go there and they bring, you know, pictures of people they've lost over the year. They can talk freely about suicide and um, things that are kind of stigmatized in our um, day-to-day lives. And it's this incredible place to go. And you can read what other people have written about people who've passed away or like... So it seems like it's a mixture between the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem and uh, confession in a Catholic church and, uh, and somewhat of a group therapy session. But at a at a at a brand new structure, a temporary brand new structure. Yeah, and it's very free form. You okay. know what I mean? There are really no rules, but people just treat it with a great deal of respect. And so I love that aspect of it of the no rules. But there, but the I think the keyword in there is not the no rules; it's respect. Respect. Yeah. What happens if someone is not being respectful? Um, Does has that come up in the in the times you've gone? No. That's wonderful. Yeah. Is there a vetting process of any sort, like? The, the only thing that they really try to instill in people before they go is the adoption of these 10 principles. Okay. So, like, before you go, like, you have to be able to survive there. The climate is mm-hmm. really challenging. And, um, you know, they, they make a point to say, like, if you show up with no water, like, that is a terrible idea. But at the same time, if you show up with no water and you're cool, you'll be fine. <laughs> because the way you describe it, it's just like no one's going to let you die there. Right. Yes, it's survival of the fittest, but at the same time, none of these people... Are, are homeless. These these are all people that have paid to be there, that right. have brought supplies. There are places to stay even if you don't have a tent. Is that fair? Um, you're really like you shouldn't do this. Radical self reliance is okay. one of the things. So like you have to bring exactly what you need and then more to share with other people. Exactly. So like showing up without anything is is a terrible idea to do at Burning Man. I agree. Yeah. But let's say I do this. I'm going to be <laughs> fine. I'm going to be the king of Burning Man. I'm going to burn the kingdom down, which which happens. Okay. Um, by the way, uh, Amy referenced the piece that she wrote about No Spectators. Uh, if you're listening to this not live uh, on British Young Things, uh, a link to that is in the article uh, where you're listening to this. And if you're listening to this live on Full Service Radio, uh, just put in Burning Man and, and or Amy Morse in the search engine at British Young Things, and you'll find it. It's very easy. Uh, the, the feature image is it looks like a big ship. Looks like a big ship is headed into battle. 
Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay, that's the feature image, and that's what we're referring to. That's the reason why we sent you to the opening night party, because you're one of the few people that we know that writes for BYT that has ever gone to Burning Man. Okay, so how many times have you gone to Burning Man? Uh, four times. Four times. Now, do you try to go every year, and then just timing doesn't work out, or is it a ticket situation? Why not six out of six, or five out of six? Yeah, trying to go. I mean, it's hard because I want to have new experiences, but at the same time, I feel like my heart is really there. So it's, okay. it's kind of like this this feeling of magnetic return. <laughs> okay, uh, when is the most recent Burning Man expedition? Uh, two years ago. Two years ago, so 2016. Yeah. August 2016. Um, I know you don't want to talk about politics, but do you plan on going in 2018? Um, I think so. Okay. I'm assuming Burning Man is not inherently political. I mean, everything is inherently political. The person is politics. I get it. it but there's not like campaign signs and stuff like that. It's, but I'm assuming it's a lot of libertarians, a lot of free thinkers, a lot of people that don't necessarily assign, align with a political party. I want to know if the 2016 election has impacted Burning Man at all. Yeah, I mean, I know I sat out last year because I, I was just really heartbroken um, after the election, um, but it's definitely non-political. One of the things David Best says about his work is like, you know, especially the temple, everyone mm-hmm. is welcome here. Sure. You know, it's not, doesn't matter your political background, every every person, and, and Burning Man's ethos too is making everyone feel really welcome. Now, with PAC, let's say you have someone that is not welcoming to others. How are you going to deal with that situation? Or do you don't think that's going to come up because people self-select to be in a community yeah i mean i think similarly we really want to create a culture of respect and um and safe space so it's just um we're planning to make that a really important part of our culture what's your favorite non-traditional venue in and around washington dc um the alleyways of mount pleasant oh okay i think my my friend eric actually put together this awesome concert where a band rolled in right at like at the back end garage mm-hmm. in mount pleasant and played for our friend's birthday that's and it really was just cute. yeah it's awesome. that's great yeah. you're a very positive person uh what's your worst experience at burning man um i like stupidly lost my bicycle and ended up like alone and freezing over the course of the night uh, like twice actually um one of them i had to like I guess, like, snuggle in some art car next to some people who didn't speak English, these Russians. And then I woke up at sunrise, and we were next to some unicorn art car, and there was this sunrise dance party that was just ecstatic and beautiful. The sun came up. I felt warm again. Everything was great. In fact, that was, like, the juxtaposition of, like, worst moment, one of the better, best moments. Do the people that love you worry about you? Or do you, do you have... <laughs> okay, I should have asked. Do you have anyone that loves you? I think so. Great. Do they worry about you and Burning Man? Or worry about you at Burning Man? There's a, there's always been a constant state of worry, I guess, as I was growing up, because I think I'm a pretty free thinker. Um, so you've always been like this. It wasn't like you were a goth kid, and then you're like, I'm going to do the opposite. Right, I think so. Okay. Have you ever brought people home, and you're like, and they're like, why did you bring this person home? They're creepy, or they're weird. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe, okay. So the answer is clearly yes, and you don't want to answer that question, <laughs> and I respect that. Here's my issue with Burning Man. Overall, it seems like a place of privilege. And to get to that, to, to be one of those 60,000 people, number one, you need to know how to purchase tickets. You need to have the, the funds to purchase tickets. You need to have the, the luxury you spent. Is it like a week? Yeah, a week. A week in a desert by choice. That seems a little difficult. This is not like getting southwest of Vegas. This is not as easy as that. Mm. This is difficult. What do you say to someone like me who says, it's just a chance for tech bros to be bro in a desert where no one's going to bully them. 
Yeah, you know, I've heard that criticism, but honestly, it is the best place to go to reflect on capitalism. Okay. You know, it's like, you can't really understand what it's like to not use money until you're in an environment steeped in it for a full week where there's no exchange of money. Counterpoint, uh, have you tried being poor? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, have you, unless you've been on welfare, unless you've been on food stamps, it's easy to say those things. And this is, and I'm no way trying to pick a fight with you. I'm just, I'm posing the question is it a luxury? Do you, do you know the book mm. Nickel and Dimed? Yeah. Do you know the book, Jack? Do you know the book Nickel and Dimed? I don't. The book Nickel and Dimed was a pretty big deal. It came, could you please look it up? Um, Doing it now. Barbara. It's, it's, Barbara, I want to say Ironreich. Um, Ironreich, yeah. That looks about right. Yeah, it's like 2002, 2001. 2001. January. Okay. So that book came out. I read that book when it came out. And uh, she did a, a talk at Barbara's Brooks. Barbara's Brooks is a great bookstore. It was in Oak Park, Illinois. And she was there, and she was telling all the middle class and upper middle class people what it's like to be poor. And they were all taken aback. And I said uh, to her, because I was uh, the same person as I am at 35, I was the exact same person (laughs) at 17 or 18, and I go, everyone already knows this stuff. You're not telling anybody anything new. And the difference was uh, I was wrong. I, I live the gimmick. I didn't just read about the gimmick. That's mm-hmm. my background. So I have a lot of this uh, class warfare thing going on in my life. And that's what Burning Man represents to me. Uh, Do you see where I'm going yeah, at this? Yeah. And that's what Barbara Ironreich's book is. Mm-hmm. Now, that's an important book because unless you know it, unless you've lived it, you're not going to know those things. You're not going to know what it's like to like get by in a waitress salary or a yeah. salesperson salary. But if you do know those things, it's sort of insulting. And that's why when mm-hmm. I hear like it's what you just said like I don't need to go a week without spending any money like you've never lived that no no, no I have it's it's very easy you could steal th- like <laughs> and I come with this in, in, a, in a very like poking the bear jovial manner because I don't want to make it depressing and I don't want to make it about class warfare but at the same time yeah to me it's very hard to take away the idea of class when we've all had to pay to be there and we've chosen to be there yep. versus someone that was stripped away. Hell, look at fucking Puerto Rico. I Sorry I swore, Jack. I know I shouldn't swear. Wow. 30 minutes into a, into a show. But <laughs> Puerto Rico lost all of its power last night. Do you think the people in Puerto Rico is like, oh man, I wish I could go to Burning Man where we didn't have to worry about this power situation. You see what I mean here? Yeah. That's where I'm coming at it. And I don't think anybody that goes to Burning Man is a bad person. In fact, I think it's the exact opposite. And I think that the people trying to make the other 350 odd plus days of the year better but yeah not everyone is like you no i i hear you on this critique and honestly i, I want to talk about it because um i think it like i said in terms of a critique of global capitalism because mm-hmm. ultimately inequality is you know this is um this is a situation of a of failures in our economic system mm-hmm. right and to to go into a space, and it's difficult because there's a barrier to entry for, for poor people. Um, there are low-income tickets um, that are sold for Burning Man that are less expensive, but it's still very hard to go. Mm-hmm. But in terms of getting capitalists together, in terms of getting people who are sure. doing well financially or in different parts of their life, this is the place where you can kind of go and reflect what it's like to um, be a part of a gifting economy, okay. which is the opposite of capitalism, right? And so I think I would argue to say, and even with Puerto Rico, that people come back from Burning Man understanding more about like how to use power generators and how to think creatively about, um, you know, they kind of go back into their homes and workplaces and they feel more empowered to, oh, I can fix that. Or I know know how these things work because they've had to like make that, it broke, they had to fix it. You know, something happened where they had to endure some challenge. It's not like there's a sameness of everyday life that is, is challenged when you go to Burning Man. And the economics of it 
um, and not necessarily inequality, but how, how money doesn't necessarily bring you happiness and how when you are able to give someone something or have a unique experience of shared experience together, that is worth more than money. And that's something that I think is a profoundly influential thing, economics, you know, or thinking about economic systems. And I think at the core, that's why you and I are different people. Because I want to get to that point. Mm. I don't think I'm ever going to get to that point. And I'm okay with that. Because I know, I know at the end of the day, you're right and I'm wrong. And I understand that like money's a construct and blah, blah, blah. And that you get happiness from not material things. But it's hard to think about those things when you can't do other things because of the material things that you lack. Yeah. And the freedom that that buys. So yeah. I think it's a wonderful place uh, to stop with talking about Burning Man specifically one quick caveat, not quick caveat, but one quick aside here. Uh, what do you think, as a human being, of the Renwick exhibit? Not how it compares to Burning Man, because it's totally different. And if people are interested in that, read the article. What do you think? Do you think it belongs? Do you think it's a good thing, a bad thing, or nothing? I just think it's powerful. It's so right across the street from the White House. That is cool. Is like, yes. You know, it's, it feels incredible. Like catharsis. There's a team of burners in uh, Washington, D.C., led by artists and um, a bunch of, you know, former attorneys mm-hmm. and um, activists who put together this burn on the National Mall. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of, it feels like a, a cultural shift is underway. That's a wonderful way to look at it. I, I didn't even think about this now, but like, yeah, it's uh, Runwick's free. You, it doesn't matter how much money you have. You can go there. There's lots of field trips for kids there. It doesn't matter what neighborhood you're from. You can go to the uh, Runwick exhibit. If you could see the, if you can get in, you could see it. It's free. Right. The only problem yeah. is there's lines. But that's a good problem to have. Yeah. So it's never going to be the recreation of what's happening in the desert in Nevada. But your bike will probably also get stolen because I've had a bike stolen around there. I'm just saying <laughs> uh, you could we could walk there. You could you could take a train there. It's a lot more accessible, and I think that's why it's cool. Yeah. That's yeah. I, I, I want to be like you people. <laughs> it's never gonna happen. Do you make art? Yeah, I make the most art. No, but I've I've never stopped making anything in my entire life. Like I I wanted to be a filmmaker. I've been in countless bands. I do the talk show. I never stopped talking. I, I yeah. I've made too much art. If anything, I need to s- the scale back on the art crap here, and uh, focus more on being a banker. You know any <laughs> bankers could that give me banking money? So no, I yeah. I think I'm deaf. I know I'm a creator. But I would never identify as a creator or an artist or a creative. Does that make sense? I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, just saying that's another thing about Burning Man is that when you are pulled out to like, what do I have to be radically self-expressive about? You know, I was watching these artist videos um, this week about a guy who just is transforming street signs, Mm -hmm. you know, never considered himself an artist, but wants to flip the script on like these beacons of what otherwise like always give us rules or anxiety and flip them around to give positive messages to kind of stop and disrupt your, you know, kind of like a mindlessness Mm -hmm. to bring you into a sense of awareness. That's a wonderful sentiment. (laughs) Never going to get there. Never going to get there. Like who's your, like my favorite artists are all just like uh, uh, loud people documenting destruction. Because I'm a teen boy at the end of the day. Well, they burn a lot of stuff there, too. So that's really fun. The yeah, but like you part. pay to burn stuff there. That's not the same thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, do you know who the Stooges are? Um, I don't think so. Do you know who Iggy Pop is? Yeah. All right, Jack, play me anything from the Stooges, uh, specifically their first record, or just play something from The Idiot so I could talk over the Stooges and or Iggy. That's a great book by Elif Bottomen. Don't know if you've read that yet. The Idiot? Yeah. I'm busy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Just YouTube, YouTube ads. 
That's the What's delay. the ad? What was the ad? I don't know. It's just one of those you had to wait 10 seconds and skip it. You know. I'd be much quicker, oh, Brandon, without YouTube ads. Are you telling full service radio to pay for you to have YouTube Plus <laughs> or something right now? I don't know what you're getting at. Yeah. I should have probably given you a specific example of a song to play, but this is fine. This is a good example. Actually, no, no. Take this off. I don't want to hear this. Just play 1969. Just play the Stooges, 1969. No, no, the Stooges, no fun. Give me the Stooges, no fun, and then skip like two minutes in, okay? <laughs> and I'm going to explain like why it's the greatest piece of art and why it does not fit in Burning Man whatsoever. Okay, so this is a guy that could barely sing, and uh, they're not that good at you know making the action music, so they're like, you know what? We need some hand claps. And then uh, they had one guy that was like, he's pretty good at sax. Let's make him play some weirdo sax. Give me another 30 seconds to a minute in when it's like freaking out and stuff like that. Uh, this is it. This is just like, this is not a good guitar solo. It's, it's really bad. It's really boring. But like, this is just copying what Bo Diddley did. And this is just noise. And it's beautiful. It's the best art ever. This is not going to be at Burning Man. This can only come from like uh, poor kids doing the, the perfect amount of drugs and alcohol. Uh, and, and stealing music from black people because that's what rock and roll is and this is what I love and that's all that Nick Cave is that's all that David Bowie was that's all that Kanye West is to me that's art and that's beautiful and that's yeah. the art I want these guys are just the, the singing about the destruction of the self because mm. there's no idea uh, there, there's no such thing as materialism if there's no that's all bullshit I know that I sound like a real hippie right now but I'm saying it's the exact opposite of that even though I know at the end of the day they're very 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 similar they're running in the same lane see where I'm going with this because I don't <laughs> Not meant for Burning Man. I'm uh, meant for the Black Cat backstage. Love that. Okay. We're going to come back with Best Weekend Bets. Uh, not any of our picks are related to the Nevada desert, but one of them is definitely going to be related to Burning Man. We will be right back. No fun. When I say, when I say, come on, right. I say, I say, come on, right. I say, come on, right. Thank you for actually playing that. I appreciate it. He's good. Very good. Have you seen Iggy? No, it's on my bucket list. I have like very few people. I've seen a lot of shows. Let's do the bucket list shows. Uh, uh, I've seen Iggy at least... I've seen Iggy second to only Local H. And the only reason I've seen Local H more is they're essentially a local band because I'm from Chicago. Okay. Seen Iggy, I want to say at this point, eight times. Wow. My favorite time ever was when my girlfriend and I, now wife, uh, snuck in to the Congress Theater show. So we had an office. We ran an independent magazine called The Machine out of Chicago. And uh, how many times do you want me to say Chicago in this segment? Um, and we knew how to sneak into the Congress Theater because the Congress Theater was uh, not up to code. It's currently shut down. Um, so what we did is we knew that they couldn't uh, lock the back door, like the side doors where they would throw out the trash because it's a huge fire hazard. So what you would do is you jimmy open the fire doors and you can't just walk in. So what you would do is you would you would uh, jimmy the fire doors and then stand there with like one foot in and then pretend to have a fight until the security guards would just yell at you, are you in or are you out? Wow. And then you would go, I'm fine. Well, we're in. 
Wow. <laughs> and then the fight was solved. That's a good one. So uh, I didn't pay to see Iggy Pop that night. It was amazing. Uh, and <laughs> I got to as close as I am to you, to the listener at home. That's about 10 feet. And uh, Iggy is the best. And that was when it was the Stooges part one of the reunion tour. Cause, and, then, and then he died. And then they brought in the second guitarist. And now it's just Iggy. So I saw Iggy as most recently as last year at Project Pabst, which is a festival in Portland. Um, here's a question for you two. I think I want to write a piece on BYT about festivals worth traveling to. And it won't necessarily about, be about the music lineup because at the end of the day, like the Lollapalooza lineup is not that different than the Bonnaroo lineup. It's not. No, they're all the same now. But this is the music festival for this type of person. Or this is the music festival for like city versus urban, camping versus hotel. They're all the same. Do you think they're much, all the same? Like, pretty much, except for like Burning Man. That's like the, Which is not a music festival. Which is not a music festival, yeah. but in terms of a, a, an experience... What Not if, that I've been to Burning Man, but what uh, if we just wrote um, this is the festival to? Uh, no, this is that's that's not funny. That's just sad. I was going to make a sex offender joke and make it warp oh, tour. Wow. No warp tour. Oh yeah. yeah. Well. Anyways, moving on. Every Thursday on British Young Things, in addition to doing this wonderful radio show, which you are listening to, and I'd like to appreciate you and thank you for doing that. Uh, Seriously, that means a lot. Uh, we publish our best weekend bets. We do it in Washington D.C., Chicago, Illinois, and New York City. New York. <laughs> oh, I'm such a dick. And we also have LGBTQ picks for the Washington, D.C. area. On this radio show, we give three picks. If you would like more picks, go to BritishYoungThings.com, and you will find our best weekend bets there. Amy, what is your pick for today, Thursday, Yeah, April um, 19th? Wait, are you going to pick the Hirschhorn so I can pick another one? You can pick, you can pick whatever you want. <laughs> you can pick whatever you want. All right, well, this is a lesser-known one that I think is awesome. Um, ecstatic Dance happens at the Edgewood Arts Building. I think this is every other Thursday. It's awesome. There's this woman, Atticus, who um, is just kind of transforming the scene there, and Anand, who's a DJ with the Meso Cresso Art Collective, is DJing tonight. It's awesome. Starts at 8.30. Highly recommended. Look at you. That's wonderful. I was never going to pick that pick. That's great. <laughs> I'm going to do three... Uh, some of us are going to be at Shaw's Tavern for the Heineken after work party. Sign up for that. There is a wait list right now. Just go to BritishYoungThings.com and sign up for the wait list. We throw a lot of parties that involve free beer. We're also going to recommend the Hirschhorn and No Kings Collective late night party at the Hirschhorn, uh, 1989. Uh, it's named that because of the style of art. It's very neat. And I will be at the Anthem for the Flippy Floppy Boys of NXT. Uh, that's essentially the minor leagues for WWE. <laughs> Why are you laughing? It's I beautiful, you beautiful. Read a book about this. I did write it's a book about cool. this. It's beautiful, beautiful art. Uh, the thing that I noticed this week is they just announced Nick Cave is going to be at the anthem. By the way, Jack, that's on my short list. Have you seen Nick Cave? No, I have not. I, I saw a song or two. Festival? Yeah, I was. I, I play Bonnaroo every year. And yeah, we we've get established like that. A few minutes to walk away and see a few things. So, uh, Tom Waits, number one on my must see list. Ooh, yeah. Good luck. He very rarely tours. Yeah, exactly. Um, Nick Cave's going to be at the Anthem. There's a guy right now that has the NXT belt, uh, Alistair Black, uh, and his gimmick is he's a Satanist, and in my mind, he's a big fan of Nick Cave, so I'll be excited about that. (laughs) Tomorrow, Friday, 420, it's a day for potheads to be real losers. Amy, what's your pick for 420, 2018? Ooh, James is having a show at the other fields. Um, it's an underground event venue, um, 
and it's really cool. Cool. I'm going to recommend the 13th annual Hump Festival. It's at Black Cat for night two. I would have recommended it for Thursday, but we got too many picks. That's the thing Dan Savage curates. And I'm going to recommend yet another thing at the Anthem. It's Black Star, a group that, similar to Tom Waits, I didn't think would be touring in 2018. Moving on. <laughs> Saturday, <laughs> Saturday, April 21st. Uh, lots of daytime stuff. Amy, what's your pick? Yeah, um, there's an artist talk with Monica Jahan Bose and Philippa at the um, Civilian Arts Projects. So it's a closing of Monica's show. She's a Bangladeshi artist who talks about climate change and the intersection of arts and the environment. She's amazing. Look at that. And um, the Big Ugly Truck Festival is happening too. Uh, Nico's incredible Big Ugly Truck will uh, be a dance party um, at two o'clock on U Street. It's beautiful. You're doing you're doing good. Recommend recommends Jesus. Good picks here. Uh, I'm going to recommend uh, something that I will definitely not be attending. National Cannabis Fest's big event at RFK with Cypress Hill. I wonder why Cypress Hill... Sometimes I think like, okay, here's the thing with National Cannabis Fest. We have an interview with the founder. <laughs> Go read it on BrightShunkThings.com. National Cannabis Fest is like, it's not just about weed. Why the fuck you got Cypress Hill headlining your festival, <laughs> number one? And number two, why do you have a ticket package that includes a screening of Super Troopers 2 on 420? Come on. <laughs> That being said, you understand your demo. Good job. That's some good marketing right there. I'm going to recommend uh, not buying anything at Record Store Day. Uh, it's just plastic, people. It's just plastic. <laughs> Sunday, April 22nd, what is your pick? Oh, shoot. Um, Renwick? Sure. Renwick. Why are you recommending the Renwick? Beautiful art to get inspired by. What is the thing at the Renwick? What's specifically? Jeez, I guess um, Hibby Kozo's um, uh, tetrahedral designs with LEDs. Um, they're incredible, inspired by um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And uh, yeah, the pair who do this, um, Yelena, and I forget her partner's name, they've got this awesome studio space in uh, Oakland, and uh, they've had shows at the National Academy of Sciences. They're badass. That's wonderful. I thought you were just, I was just trying to get you to say no spectators, but if you, you got real specific, and I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, once again, Probably for not for the last time, read her piece on BrightyShunkThings.com about that. Uh, I'm going to pick something that most other people wouldn't find disgusting. Uh, it's Ancho Sardinia, Sardinata. Uh, they're just going to be grilling sardines all day on, on their patio on Florida Avenue. I love sardines. I love the smell of sardines. And I don't think most people do. And if I was their neighbor, I'd be very upset with them. So that's what I'm going to pick. I'm also going to pick uh, Film Fest DC. Film Fest DC begins tonight. Uh, there's screenings all throughout the weekend, but I'm specifically picking Sundays because Sunday's film is free, and it's one of the films is free. It's at the National Gallery of Art. It's Specters of the Spectrum. It was made in 1999 about a post-apocalyptic 2007, and it's this like found footage slash not found footage thing shot on kinescope. It's it's one of those like weirdo art films that I think is really ambitious and I'm glad to see at the National Gallery of Art. They have some of the best programming in Washington, D.C. If you would like to read more information about the National Gallery of Art's programming, I recommend going to Brightish Young Things. Kaylee Dugan did a very good Washington, D.C. dream job with the film curator at the National Gallery of Art. And that's how I called putting people over amy uh amy you're a wonderful person if people want to get involved with pack they should go to p-a-k-k-e dot u-s that's right damn right it's right because you could not afford to get that dot com <laughs> is that fair that it's is fair. exactly what happened uh if people want to get involved that's the best way to f- contact you and that you could there's an author tag on brushing things you could read all of her stuff there we will be back here uh next thursday i don't think there's anything else i need to plug 
uh, I guess go get high, you a uh, bunch of losers. Everybody that gets high on 420 is inherently a loser. <laughs> I'm just a cool bro. I'm just going to drink when I want. I don't do it based on date or time. If I'm thirsty and I want a water, I drink a water. That's how you should be working with everything else in your life. If you're hungry, you should eat. Why you got to get high at 420 on 420? Unless you're waking up specifically at 420 a.m. That's just some... I like that. I like that weirdo. Like, you know what? I'm only going to do stuff in the a.m. I'm into that. Thanks for listening, everybody, and have a wonderful night. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at fullserviceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.